Welcome to the Rapid Wisdom Podcast. This is your host, Jose, and I'm here with my other hosts. I'm Mix. Hey, Jesse. And today we have the pleasure of introducing a person that we consider a friend, the lovely and talented Savannah. What's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving us your time, Savannah. Thanks for having me. Stoked. Yeah. Today we are sipping, in case people want to know, a 2016 Ridge Litton Springs Amazing. Out here in the Dry Creek Valley. Thank mm. you. Simply amazing is yeah. the two words to capture this wine. Migs, do you have any? Uh, <laughs> my tasting notes are um, it smells and tastes like berries. <laughs> and uh, you know that's a good wine. <laughs> Those are for my drinkers out there, all right? <laughs> it, it, it There's is. alcohol. Yes. <laughs> There's alcohol. Check. <laughs> there are some tertiary notes, right? Uh, for the wine geeks out there. Definitely. <laughs> a little, like, tobacco. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I was getting. A little like black some, tea. Yeah. This is really a nice wine, and this is a local delicacy, right, Ridge? Yeah. This is is a gem. This is people's wish or last wine if you had to choose. This is a Litton Springs, which is a 100-year-old-plus Zinfandel vineyard, also planted with other varietals such as... Adre, Carrion. Small amounts of Petite Syrah, a little bit of Grenache. And, I mean, this wine is so limited now, they stop. Offering it to just customers. You got to be like a certain member or a dual member. Mm-hmm. You get privileged to access to this wine. Cause, I was I like, how did me and my dad buy it? Because you were a Because I was a member. Uh, and you guys yeah. were riding on that way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yo, let's uh, yeah. add three to that list, you know? Yeah. They say you want a friend with a boat. No, you want a friend that has a Ridge membership. <laughs> Exactly. Give exactly. me that free glass of the Montebello, please. And that free yeah. tasting, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember my dad was so happy when he tried that. He still talks about that. <laughs> that was worth it, though, because they always give you the option to open a current release Montebello or like a, a library Montebello. And the tasting was free, so we're like, yo, just run that library Montebello, four glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go. And mm-hmm. it was just like 2011, I think. Montebello just singing. <laughs> Everybody was just stunned that day. I yeah, I love that. I just got two bottles of that. I got mm. my futures. I just mm. prepaid for my twenty twenty ones. Oh, nice. That I won't get till twenty twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be killing a baby. You know to what open I mean? So, and even then, if I could have them hold on to it longer, I wouldn't mind. Like, mm. probably got better storage conditions than me. But true, those wines are getting exclusive and become a member. Get yourself. Some of these wines are find a friend who's willing to open them. So yeah. invite us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Savannah, a couple of questions to have the guests understand where are you from and where you grew up and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm from Huntington Beach, California in Orange County. So I didn't necessarily grow up around wine and vineyards, but my parents have always loved good food and wine. So I remember having some pretty ridiculous bottles of Ridge, Etude, The Maiden. I've had some really famous California wines around a lot of Christmas and Thanksgiving dinners. So 
I knew wine was a thing, but I always wanted to be a doctor growing up mm -hmm. because I was always like a science kid and I feel like that's kind of the route that you're taught growing up. You know, if yeah. you like science, it's like, oh, so you're going to become a doctor. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. And I didn't really know there Set were like... the bar high. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just sign your life away for like 20 years of schooling. <laughs> like, you know? yeah. and then you'll pay off your debts in a few years, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I was always like a science kid, but I always joked in college when I was pre-med. I was too cool for the pre-med kids, but I was too nerdy for Greek life. So right, it was like right. I couldn't yeah. really find my place in the med school world. And I went to school in Chicago at a school called DePaul. And when I decided to go there, they told me that if I committed to doing my undergrad there, I wouldn't have to take my MCAT and I'd get into med school. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, like, no ties. Oh. I'd just be able to get to go. I just nice. had to keep a 3.5 GPA. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, lit. I'm going to be a doctor. You know, mm -hmm. this is sick. I'm going to go live in Chicago. And I went and lived in Africa for about a month. Mm -hmm during my undergrad and I was in Ghana doing medical work and I realized I really loved the people and culture and food. I liked traveling, but I didn't love the medicine part, like the actual caretaking part. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, to be completely honest, I was like, I want my life to be like a lot more positive sure. than yeah. this. Yeah. And I came back to the States and I was just like, okay, I have like complete culture shock. Like I hate this really hard work culture of mm. people that only care about money, don't care about happiness. Yeah. I don't want to fall into that. I just was in literally one of the poorest countries in the entire world. And they were the nicest, happiest people. Like, mm -hmm. how do I not become the people in America? Um, <laughs> it really is eye-opening. It is. Yeah. It was crazy. You know, like I saw kids die. I saw people get cured of malaria. Like, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a microbiology lab tech at the time. And I knew I really liked micro. I was like, what can I do with this? Mm -hmm. And COVID hit. So I moved back home to California. I was online um, for school. And I was like, I don't like know what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was we're a weird all, time. Like, I'm literally yeah, sitting there. here. I started home brewing. I was drinking a lot of wine, you know. <laughs> um, and I was like, what am I going to do? And my dad was like, why don't you, like, apply for a harvest and just see, you know, what what happens. And I literally general inboxed a couple wineries that I really liked some just like random white varietals mm -hmm. that they made. And one I was super into was Gewurz. Right. And That's a great variety. Right. Yeah. Um, and awesome. there's this tiny little winery over on West Side Road, Mill Creek. Absolutely love their Gewurz. I think at mm -hmm. the time it was like $18. Not anymore. Don't quote me on that, but you should still buy it. <laughs> I literally emailed their general inbox and I was like, hey, I'm a bio college student. I don't know what I want to do, but I really like your wine and like, I'll take your trash out. Like just hire me. Yeah. And they ended up giving me a job for the, the harvest of 2020. You, know, you gotta just <laughs> yeah. take that shot. Take that. Yeah. Lead. Yeah. yeah. It's a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. There you go. I was, uh, <laughs> I was about to send that to you the other day. Uh, for what I said to that, uh, for the Faust, for the Faust uh, position, I was going to send that exact. Quote. Exactly. Yeah. You know, got to quote Michael Cheers Scott when that. you can. Cheers to Michael Scott, bro. <laughs> Cheers I, thought, to the I was like, I thought that was Wayne Gretzky. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, I moved up in the middle of the pandemic with my two cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew nothing about wine. I was like freshly 21 and it was my first day in the cellar. And I like showed up with a full face of makeup and white Air Force Ones. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Typical LA kid right there. Like ready. They're like, are ready. you looking for the tasting room? <laughs> no, I'm your new intern. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be digging out tanks. <laughs> mm, they're like, good, go wash up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got some rubber boots here. <laughs> Do you have any PPE on you? Um, mm. <laughs> and it was my first day. I'll never forget. Haley Johnson, if you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> she handed me a sponge, like a gross dish sponge, and was like, all right, your job today, you're going to go scrub the tartrate crystals off each tank. Uh-huh. So she, yeah. she had me get in through the door and scrub tartrate crystals by yeah. hand all day. I'll get in there still, scrub a tank. All day. Yeah. And... I finally got out, you know, worked my nine to five, and she was like, what'd you think? And I was like, this was the best job ever. This is so cool. And she's like, shit, she's not going to quit. Like, we need to give her a worse job. Cleaning the drain. They always put you through the rigors, though. They always test you to see, okay, are you going to stay, or are they going to go in a week or two? Yeah. Yeah, because every Cleaning drains. That's a good way. Oh, cleaning drains is the worst. Oh. Yeah, that winery like didn't even really have drains on the outside, so the pumice would just get stuck Ooh. through the little holes and just absolutely clog and smell terrible. Oh my god, it was, it was horrible. you'd have to go in like with your hands. It was two girls like under five five. We were like, no, we got it. <laughs> but I loved it, and uh, I learned a lot. So that was like my first kind of intro to wine and. I remember driving on West Side. I'd just done a tasting at Toomey. Mm-hmm. And I was driving on that stretch of West Side that's just like trees and vineyards. Mm-hmm. Kind of by Gary Farrell and like Porter yeah, Creek. And I pulled over on the side of the road. I still have it like saved as one of my favorites. I took a picture and I was like, I don't want to do anything else. Like This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Right, and right. Those first harvests can hook you. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah. how that first one was for me. It's mm-hmm. insanity. It's like during it, you're like, this is the worst thing in the world. I'm working like a 70-hour week and doing manual labor and it's hot <laughs> and this is terrible. And then like right now, pre-harvest, I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm excited too. That's how I feel. I'm like, let's go. They're coming in a month. Let's go. We got bins for them to clean. And what do we got? Yeah. We got tanks for them to scrub. We got, what do we got? <laughs> it's exciting. It's fun. Kind of, yeah, for them to clean. Kind of yeah. ended up in wine, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and then I so it got you thinking about wine yeah, and stuff, then, right? Definitely. I mean, I'd get off at 3 p.m. and I'd go to a tasting room, I was set to learn. Like, I would say I've probably been to a solid 50% of the tasting rooms in Sonoma County, and that's Gosh. because during COVID, I was like all right, I'm done before 4 p.m. and they're doing last pour. All right, I'm calling them. I'm getting my ass over there because I want to learn. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to taste everything. And it was COVID. So I was living here it. alone. You know, like, I would just show up to the nearest tasting room alone. 
That's and how I be doing this shit. Yeah. They're know, the best to you when you tasting come Tasting for one? Yo, please, yes, Hell yeah, confirm. an industry yeah. tasting for one on a weekday? Yo, Hell yeah. Come through. We like yeah. those. <laughs> You're not coming with a group? Yo, we don't mind one pour. Exactly. Yeah. One yeah. pour is nothing. One pour is nothing. Like, <laughs> I love those too. For the industry people? Hell, Hell yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. For the hardworking folk. Yeah. Yeah. Pour one out. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and that was... Uh, 2020, so that was my first year of wine, and it was the fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, mm. the fires were in Healdsburg. Santa we're Rosa like, was evacuated. We were right in the heart of it, right? Yeah. I have pictures. I called it the Mad Max guy. It was like 8 a.m. It was just red. It's terrifying. It was like, holy shit, are the vineyards going to burn? Are we going to have a winery? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, we had barrels just filled with water in case... They shut off water and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, what are we going to do if electricity goes down? And, you know, it was a super rural winery. I mean, we're like on wood planks doing punch downs. You know, Mm, I was, I was doing, I was doing foot (laughs) treading, you know, like that was, that was what, you know, we were doing. (laughs) And it was even harder to do that during the fires. You know, it wasn't like a lot of the bigger places. It's like automated pump over, you know, oh, we don't want anyone to come in. Let's press a button. Like. No, it was no. me, the assistant winemaker, the winemaker there every day. Yeah. And it definitely showed me, like, how tough the industry was. But, like, I knew I wanted to kind of be a part of it. Yeah, that's right. So. Nice. Yeah. I had that same bug. Where I'm like, this was a lot, but I feel like I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. nothing like having a tangible product that you can give people that you've been part of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there aren't many trades anymore that do that. You know, a lot of things it's like, oh, I'm like a personal assistant to someone. I'm like a marketing and communication specialist. Like I do sales and like all those things are super hard. But for me, it was like when I found out that I could actually make something like with my own two hands and give someone a tangible product, I was like, I'm not going to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing their like reaction and everyone has a different reaction and experience to it. So you don't know who's going to open the bottle, where they're going to open the bottle. Mm hmm. I love pouring all that labor of love into a bottle of wine. It's an experience. Yeah. I was just in Portugal and I got this one bottle of Alberino that was mm. like ten dollars, and it was just this like sweet little old man. He's like, "Yeah, my family has like a couple hectares of vineyards, and we, you know, we make we don't even have like legit labels on it. We just bottle it and like give it to customers. And it's like when I open that bottle the next time, I'm gonna remember being in Portugal in that hot little restaurant, <laughs> like having his tomato soup rice and and hearing his voice. It's like it brings you back to that yeah. moment and experience and. I love that feeling, and I want to give it to mm. other people. He's probably not even making anything off it. He's just giving no. it away. That's the beauty of just it. Just doing it for fun. That's yeah. the beauty of they it. They drink that oh shit like gosh. water over oh, there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Vino Verde for shit. the masses. I am going to make a label like where I just hand out, like, here, dude. No label. I'll probably just write on it. Yeah. Like marker <laughs> <or something>. Yeah. <laughs> Green wine. Around 10% sulfites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll just put like a drink now within, you know, X year. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, you, making memories and the, like a product that has that memory in there, you know, that you can have at a later date and be like, oh, I remember this bottle. Yeah. I remember getting this. Yeah. yeah, I remember walking last stop. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I remember walking that vineyard. Yeah, no, I know what these berries feel like, taste like. Mm. <laughs> no, those damn gopher holes that yeah. broke all my ankles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe <laughs> <laughs> eating. Had some sore nights from this vineyard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man, uh, Woodhock. F- God. Oh, yeah, yeah, Woodhock. Yeah, no. yeah, straight up like eighty degree angle. Yeah, you, you remember the vineyards that make you crawl, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Woodhock five, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they didn't give you an ATV? No, dude, no, no, I don't think an ATV could have gone up that. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's a pretty like, yeah. <laughs> Not even humans. I mean, like oh I did God. it, but I was surprised that I was able to walk up there. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> It has to be hand harvested, right? I don't think they're machine. Oh yeah, out there. I think they s- tried to put a machine up there, but it did not work uh, out. Hold down. <laughs> yeah, they, they were considering doing machine harvesting up and with Hawk Five, and then they're like, "Uh, yeah, no, this isn't gonna work." <laughs> yeah, for safety reasons, we can't. I'm like, mm. good idea, because I don't think you guys should. That's a very mm. steep slope. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Awesome. Um, I was wondering, since you have a master's, right? I do. In, um, in, in it was related to brewer's yeast and is it something? Yeah, I'd always planned on going to med school, so school didn't really scare me. And I was one of those weird kids that I actually really liked school. Sure. I liked the structure of it. Um, I like learning. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it, um, especially when it's something I like. And I always felt like wine was a world that I could pursue an education pretty easily because it is kind of tailored towards people that also aren't exactly people that have envisioned themselves going to school. Like my little brother is a vit tech and mm-hmm. I mean, he hated school yeah. and he loves his job. He's great at his job. He didn't need to go to school for his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew that it was tailored to be very hands-on mm-hmm. uh, and I felt like that was really important for me because I had been in a cellar. I understood, you know, how to do a pump over, how to set up lines, how to clean and sanitize barrels, you know, how to stack barrels, how to dig out a tank. I knew how to do all those things, but I didn't necessarily understand why I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I thought school would be a really good choice for me. So right after I graduated my undergrad in, what was it, June of 2021, Mm -hmm. um, I started in August at Cornell Mm -hmm. um, to my master's in food science. I applied to both Cornell and Davis, and I interviewed with who ended up being my, not only mentor, but advisor, Pat Gibney, and we talked about Yeastard on the phone, and totally geeked out about how I had pink hair and he thought that was super cool in a Cornell interview. (laughs) And and we just really got along and I was like, there's no one else. I want to be my champion and teach me about wine. So I decided to move to upstate New York. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived in like four cities, I think in 2021. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it was really like all over the place. So I got my master's in food science and viticulture and enology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did it in a year, but I definitely got my ass kicked. Yeah. Um, I'll say a master's in a yeah, year. That's it was uh, really hard. I did. It was really hard, um, but I don't know if yeah. I would have lasted in, in, Ithaca much longer than a year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I did my thesis on isolating native yeast strains for brewing and winemaking. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I worked with a local brewery called Lucky Hair in Hector, New York. And I worked with a winery in 
Ithaca that also had some vineyards in Hector, and I went to their Cabernet Franc vineyard, and I picked up a bunch of random samples um, to try and basically stimulate a yeast growth, because yeast is really hard to find in an actual vineyard environment. It doesn't actually grow on grapes. Um, usually how you get yeast is through pollinators, um, so yeast actually love bee guts. That's like oh, one of the biggest really? ways yeah. that it gets around. Yeah, so you kind of have to hope you have like some flowers around or like maybe a bee lands on some of your grapes mm-hmm. yeah. or like sap from trees is great. Um, so I kind of went around just picking like bark, leaves, grape, and I basically put it in like a sugar solution that would hopefully promote uh, yeast growth. Sure. Like in um, a Patri dish kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. had the Earl of Mars. So just flask. start spreading like all Hell the stuff yeah. that you got on Patri dishes. Oh, yeah. It was Love really it. fun. <laughs> um, just picking up random shit. Yeah. Literally, like, give me the weirdest rock you can find and let uh, me hope there's some yeast on yeah. this, you know? And ended up isolating, I think, almost like 30 different uh, yeast strains. Wow. They're minus 80 somewhere in some Cornell freezer, and um, they were given to both the winery and brewery. Um, mm-hmm. I had some Saccharomyces and non-Saccharomyces. So Saccharomyces is like the dominant yeast strain that's in most wines and, mm-hmm. and beers. And non-Sac can be a little wild and crazy, but uh-huh. you know, yeah. that's why we love it. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't love a good farmhouse ale? Farm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Who doesn't love a little Brett, you know? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was really cool. I did some grape flavor chemistry. Um, I focused on microbiology, so I was in the lab a lot. Um, got some really good lab practice and drank a lot of interesting wine and beer while I was up there. Heck yeah. Did yeah. you make any wine or beer with the yeast in that you So I didn't get to um, mm. make it with my own, mm. but I did make, oh shit, I was probably a part of like six different wines while I was up there. We harvested all our own grapes. We did the full wine process up to mm. bottling. Um, I made probably like four different beers. I made a beer wine hybrid. Oh, it's pretty mm. lit. Um, and I distilled. <laughs> so yeah, I made some rum, grappa, brandy. Um, I made my own like homemade rum chata kind of liqueur. Nice. There you go. Uh, I tried to make my own fireball. It was really bad. Oh. <laughs> I love that you tried though. You yeah, know, you know, I, I respect I, that. I, I failed a lot, yeah. but I learned. Yeah, that's what it's <laughs> Absolutely about. butchered one yeah. wine. I tried to do a carbonic maceration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do like a Beaujolais style of a gnarly hybrid out there called Marichal Foch. Mm. Came in already at probably like. 0.8 VA. I mean, it was doomed from the get go, and I was like, "Nah, let's yeah. heat this up without any sulfur. Uh-huh. See what happens." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like 1.5 VA when we bottled it. It's oh <laughs> a, a lot of volatile acidity. It had for... like this crazy film <laughs> yeast on it. Uh, it was absolutely gnarly. I was like, "No, I'm not a winemaker. I'm a yeast artist. That's like, right. it yeah. takes skill to get this gnarly of a film yeast exactly. on your wine. <laughs> this is called dirty." Yeah. <laughs> Basket pressed, it's still terrible. 
love that though. I really love those experiences because I mean that's kind of what Bucket's about. So just yeah. like you know, experimenting, having fun with the process—that's yeah. what it's about. We get so. too uptight over here. I feel like in yeah. Napa and Sonoma, you know, it's like you're kind of put into this box of the wine you're supposed to make. And I mean, I had a lot of really bad wine in the Finger Lakes. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. <laughs> you know? but there was some decent ones too. And like, what I can at least appreciate is like people were trying. I yeah. mean, I would I Paul ever Hobbs drink an there. oaked Riesling yeah. again? No. Yeah. But mm. like, an oaked it was Riesling. cool. You know, I'm glad <laughs> someone tried it so I don't have to yeah. screw it up a couple years down the line. True. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> was there a lot of ice wine? In the yeah, Finger Lakes. Yeah, oh my God. If anyone listening is an ice wine fan, yeah. Hosmer. Hosmer's <laughs> ice wine Riesling, it's like liquid gold honey. It's mm-hmm. oh, impeccable. It also is bottled with a rabbi on site. Mm. Um, so so it's technically, kosher. it's kosher. It's kosher. Yeah, okay. it's legit. They have a rabbi there on all their bottling yeah. days. And it's crazy because the rabbi has mm. to like help operate the bottling line yeah, they're yeah. like how That's do we like every te- bottle literally yeah. how do we teach this rabbi about like the corker every foil every foil is a blessing every on the foil bottom. is a yeah. blessing like it, it was lit you know like i would have loved to have been that rabbi you oh know I, I hope they sent him home with a case yeah I, I hope they did yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for our listeners can you just describe what an ice wine is real quick yeah mm-hmm. so up in i mean upstate new york as most people know it's Colder than a witch's tit, they say. Uh It's pretty cold (laughs) up there. And they do have vinifera, which is mostly what's planted in Napa and Sonoma up there. But they also have a lot of hybrids. Um, And a lot of the wines that they choose to grow have like a, they call it cold hardiness. They have the ability Mm. to withstand the frost and freeze. Um, And they almost go dormant um, kind of in that time, but they don't die. Um, It's kind of confusing, but... There's a lot of smart plant breeders to yeah, explain that for sure. you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they're basically, hardy for the cold. They're hard. Yeah, they've okay. got they've got like a fluffy jacket on. Basically, we engineered yeah. them to withstand the cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Damn. basically, they keep the grapes on extra long throughout the harvest until they literally freeze. Um, uh, so the sugars yeah. are super super concentrated. I mean, you're bringing in probably at like sixty bricks. So, Ooh. I mean, yeah. it's their raisins. Oh, um, shoot, yeah. So very sweet yeah, grapes. Very yeah. sweet, like insanely I've, sweet grapes. Yeah. I've heard it's really hard, too, because um, a lot of the wineries out there are, are outside. Because yeah. they just don't have the money to have, like, a huge insulated building. So it's really hard to, like, get some of those fermentations going. Mm-hmm. It's so cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard on your yeast. Um, but... It makes a really cool product. I mean, a lot of the people on the East Coast that drink wine do like a sweeter wine. It's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So it does pretty well out there. I mean, I love a good ice wine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. Still haven't had one. I need, Honestly, uh, ice wine's pretty good. I've had yeah, one. Yeah. Oh I need God. to have one for a future yeah. podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get well, some I mean, German shit in here. I was about here. to say German or Canada is really the only yeah. two places. Yeah, there's yeah. some cool wine coming wine. out of Canada. But I mean, we do have a Vinsanto if you guys want to try today. A what? Oh, yeah, the Vinsanto. Right, it is another fortified. We'll see. <laughs> do we need to chill that? I don't always. Sure. Always. It's I would always say. Oh my god. Always. Yes. So why don't you share for the listeners that twenty what twenty twenty two harvest with Silver Oak? You all yeah. worked yeah. together. How was it? <laughs> so, yeah. So what were your roles with, at Silver Oak, and then I'm sure you guys had day to day activities yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew coming out of school, um, I wanted 
an internship. I wasn't even looking for jobs because I felt like I still needed to get learn. some hair on my chest. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I've never wanted to be one of those people that like got the fancy degree, but like didn't ever put in the work. Mm-hmm. You know, Respect. I've I've been in the cellar. You know, I don't want some person in their little air conditioner room. You know, telling me to go dig out a tank that I wouldn't go watch dig out a tank. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so, preach. Thank you. I'm cheers to that. Yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, cheers to that. <laughs> I, I preach that, you know, don't ask someone to do a job you yourself wouldn't do first. So. Mm-hmm. Well, then no one respects you. No one wants to put in the work, you know? Mm-hmm. If you're asking people to do barrel ferments, make them understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Make sure Explain they know it. why they're stirring yeah. the barrel. Exactly. Otherwise, they are going to skip that row. You exactly. know, like mm-hmm. They are going to take shortcuts. They are going to. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So yeah. I knew I wanted an internship. I made that decision my first harvest that I wanted to make Pinot Noir. It's the grape that, that and Riesling are the grapes I love the most. But oh, love Riesling. American Riesling sucks for the most part. So uh, to Pinot Noir country I go. And um, like I said earlier, you know, I kind of felt like I had my full circle moment at Toomey. And it felt right in my interview to take the job there and it ended up being a really cool job because to me which is where I predominantly spent my time it's the sister brand of Silver Oak so it's David Duncan the founder mom's maiden name yes I I believe so Yeah. yeah so it's kind of their brand since they wanted Silver Oak to be you know cab it's their brand experiment so they have some absolutely fantastic Pinot Noirs um Hirsch is one of the best of the oh, best. Oh, wow. They source from Hirsch? Oh, yeah. They Damn. got a deal. I got to go up to Hirsch. like that. I got oh, to go up to Hirsch once a week. It's absolutely beautiful. And, oh, I mean, gosh. it's crazy tasting the fruit from there. It tastes just like it does in the bottle. Oh, my God. That's an experience. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and I love their Sauv Blanc. I mean, this year's is it's yeah. fantastic. Um, the Sauv Blanc is awesome. It's awesome. Like, talk about, their like, a sophisticated porch pounder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, sophisticated porch it, it's fantastic it. the most Beautiful. expensive porch pounder you'll yeah. spend your money on but absolutely fantastic um and i had always i, I would pay that money right yeah. Yeah. despite the employee discount yeah um, <laughs> i knew the brand silver oak um i mean my mom was pregnant with me standing in line at release day you oh know? no way yeah she was super pregnant like six months pregnant my dad was like no we're standing in line for this shit like we're getting our bottles of silver <laughs> <love> oak <laughs> so i've always been a silver oak fan and i had worked at you know really small winery before and so it was crazy to me that first of all like a big winery that is so famous like even wanted anything to do with me (laughs) and then it was like well it seemed like a really good opportunity because I was able to be in the lab I was able to be in the vineyard and I was able to be in the cellar um and coming out of being in such like a science lab forward program I wasn't really sure like where I wanted to go in wine I wasn't sure if like I wanted to maybe get a PhD and go more of like a research winemaking route or if I actually wanted to be a winemaker um, and I still wasn't sure after my internship, it's, it took my current job to make me realize I, I want to be a winemaker. I don't necessarily like want to be in the research field. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to be innovating and doing cool stuff, but yeah. I don't think like academia is for me. Um, and so, yeah, I basically started off my morning, um, sampling predominantly around Sonoma County, um, mostly Russian river and green Valley. 
And then I would come back probably around noon and be responsible for the maturity testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of after that, it was like, okay, who needs help? You know, do we need to keep setting up things in the lab? Do we need to go down in the cellar? Um, so I feel like I got to do a lot of different things at Harvest, which was really cool. And it was nice because Silver Oak is very big. If you've seen Alexander Valley or Napa sites, I mean, there are these like grandiose, beautiful tasting rooms. They're top of the notch facilities, you know, built in pumps to every mm. tank. It's almost like being an engineer in those cellars. State of the art. Right? Yeah. Immaculate yeah. that facility. It's awesome. Um, and I mean, even the step up, you know, to Toomey from doing punch downs by hand and foot treading, you know, to a punch down machine. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, they had the cherry picker and I was like, y'all don't climb barrels. And Dan, <laughs> one of my bosses was like, no, that is a safety violation. Like yeah. you will not be climbing barrels. I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. I was I like six it- barrels up. Hoping there wasn't an earthquake, you know? <laughs> so, today. Like, I was like, I think we're all guilty of climbing barrels. You know, sometimes you got to do it. You know, yeah. sometimes that one barrel, you know, needs a sulfur tablet. You know, when it's swaying, you're like, you know what? I'm fine, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I back myself. <laughs> like, I stacked these barrels. They should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done oh it. A little God. barrel climbing race. Yeah. Who doesn't love it? Yeah. You know? Um, so it was cool. You know, I learned more about the corporate side, I guess you could say, of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean... The biggest gift for me of Silver Oak, I met two of my best friends, Talia and Courtney, and I met Miguel and Jose and Bryce, um, all fantastic humans. Well, Talia and Courtney are cool. I met them through Wine Unify. Hell yeah, they're mm. two of my best friends. I mean, they're fantastic people. I love mm. them. Like I'm so lucky to have met them. Um, and I'm also, to get them I mean, on the podcast. They need yeah. to talk about their Brazon experience. They're and wild. Yeah. They're super cool. They'll totally come do it. Oh, I know. Mm. I need to reach out. Yeah, they're awesome. And then, I mean, meeting Nate Weiss, like, he's, like, the winemaking man. I mean, he's super, super knowledgeable, connected. Um, he was always willing to, like, chat with me and teach me. Um, and that's, like, a relationship I'm super, super grateful for um, that I think be a good mentorship always for a while. He even helped me get my current job that I have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's always been a, a big mentor and someone I've looked up to. So it was really cool to, you, you know. And you need to surround yourself with people, like, that will help you and help you grow. Yeah. I mean, especially, too, like, I don't come from a wine family. I'm, like, a 5'5 five, five girl, you know. I feel like I definitely get, you know, overlooked in the cellar and, you know, I – have had plenty of people tell me I'm, I'm too girly for the seller. You know, like I still, even throughout all the 2020 harvests, I still found a way to get my gel manicure every two weeks. Like mm-hmm. that's something I prioritize, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I care about that, you know, like you best bet if there's some day, I know they're going to be taking pictures in the cellar. Like I'm going to put on some mascara. I'm proud to be a girly girl in the cellar. And you know, like it's always been important to not only have like important female mentorship, but also what is super important too is like the men that are willing to support women in wine because that's always been the predominant kind of winemaker figure in wine. Mm -hmm. So to have someone like Nate Weiss that was like backing me and was like, no, 
you're smart. Like you can do it. It was it, it was, was really great, empowering. Great confidence yeah. boost, you know. Yeah, really, mm. really empowering. When you need some a little bit of guidance, just that next step. Of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. great. I mean, I took a job in the tasting room after that internship, not, you know, because I was told, you know, you might be a little too girly for wine. Like, I don't know if you're meant to be in a cellar, and I was like. Yeah, maybe they're right. You know, like I put in all this work to like maybe just not be good enough. And it took a lot of people telling me like, no, like you are good enough. You're smart. Like you're hardworking. You can do it. And now I'm in a company that literally three out of four winemakers are women. Mm -hmm. Lab is all ran by women. Um, So it's like a super empowering space to be in now. And there are those spaces in wine. So it's. Cool. Mm, that's good to hear that. I mean, just because I mean, I know when my mom was coming up in the industry a few decades ago, especially a lot more male dominated. Oh, yeah. And my mom like navigating through that. And yeah, like it's nice to know that there is like spaces now where it, it like someone like her is not just like the lone wolf. Yeah. Know, like, no, I talked to her about yeah, it. We yeah. chatted about it because she started at brewing. Yeah. Which is like, even harder of a space you know (laughs) and i mean brewing culture is super super male dominated so i mean she's she's a badass i don't need to tell you your mom's sick but she is i mean besides the cowgirl boots besides being an absolute fashion icon she's a fantastic winemaker (laughs) and that's the team she's a badass though i'm glad you got people around you that's what it's about all the mentors i have they're like surround yourself build your community of networks and yeah. That's how you form an identity in this industry. Yeah. Well, it's hard. You can't do it yourself or, you yeah. know. It's hard. You can't I mean, know it all. It's, it, people are paid to come to work and do their job, you know, and it's really cool when you can find someone, especially at work, that's willing to like do extra to try and get you ahead and they're not being paid for mm-hmm. it. Like it's just a genuine interest. Like mm-hmm. I have found that at my new job with. One of the winemakers, Lauren, at Sterling. I mean, she's like, I'll just sit with you at lunch and you could just ask me questions. You know, like, that's our time to eat and, like, <laughs> get back together and decompress. And she's like, no, I just want to help. Yeah. You know, and it's really mm-hmm. important to find those people yeah. and rely on them. I think that's real influence right there. People that you want to be around mm-hmm. is those kinds of people that... But like you said, it's genuine. Yeah, yeah. it's genuine, yeah. You don't have to force or ask, like, hey, can I get a couple minutes of your time? Yeah. Yeah. There's different mentors that, you know, offer that, and there's other mentors that are like, unless you don't ask. Yeah. They probably might not share. Yeah. Which is not bad, but. Today was the first day with my new interns that are working in the lab at my new job, and it's like, you remember, you know, like, the times that you were an intern or you that didn't understand, thing. you know, and, and you ask and questions twice. Exactly. And you're so scared. And you're you know, so you don't understand anything. And it's like, we've all asked someone a question or try and like, you know, it's like the never meet your heroes. You know, you meet someone, you're like, Oh my God, tell me your life story. Tell me everything. And they don't even care. They don't tell you anything. <laughs> so it's like, I know I don't want to be that person, whether it's like, with my interns tomorrow when they're like, wait, how do you do this? You know, or it's like in 20 years, the intern that's like, I love wine. Where do I go? You know, just remembering Mm -hmm. those times that like 
someone is either a brush you aside or I'll never forget like at release day like Nate coming up to me and being like what do you want to do in life and I was like I want to be a winemaker and he's like that's not good enough what do you want to do absolutely and I said I want to make the best Pinot Noir and he's like let's make it happen you know like that's what I want to be to people mm-hmm. yeah the person that just encourages and inspires I'm glad you said that because I've also thought like being a winemaker is just so like blank now like you got to be a little more there's got to be depth to that yeah. title you gotta like I don't know. You yeah. can't just call yourself a winemaker. Absolutely. So, mm. I mean, I'm a winemaker. I made wine. I know you are. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Hey, you know, you're out there getting dirty. You're out there doing your own bottling. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, like, running you your own analysis. Label, it's all right. You know like, I, mean? like, mm. I could do a punch down. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like uh, when he was explaining Bucket, like the first release, he was a little nervous what to call it. I'm like, you got to call it a passion project. You know, own it and he was just like oh it's just something my work done and i'm like dude own it i was like you're a winemaker you're back yourself exactly mm-hmm. i was like it's how you present yourself figs truly our no. king no. yeah yeah <laughs> changing the wine industry that's oh, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> bringing memories one bucket blend at a time yeah. that's right but that's what i'm about i'm a memories that's man right. i'm here so for the vibes any other good stories from that uh 2022 harvest before we move on to this new job that sounds like it's amazing and you mm. it's pretty awesome and you found a calling <laughs> you found purpose i mean the heat spikes were pretty pretty crazy oh yeah i mean i'll never forget like we took the the barrel thermometer to the asphalt and it's 176 Holy like, shit. Oh, it's fucking hot. Uh, i was so excited that day i remember they were like you're going up to anderson valley and i was like Thank you, Lord Jesus. Like, it's 90 degrees there. Like, I will so happily take my brand new Forerunner with air conditioning and a six-speaker system up to Anderson Valley. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, I mean, that was crazy numbers. It was super hot. Like, there was one day, I remember, I was the only person on the sorting line, and they were like, it's last stop. Like, this is the block that's usually, like, one of our main single vineyard blocks, you know, like, gotta be on your a game and it's like a saturday that's hot during harvest and i was just like oh my god like this is terrible but i mean so much pressure <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god i don't even know how to do this like yeah. what weighs up and down of like the shaker table yeah there was definitely a lot a lot of learning it was cool to be in so many places at once and i felt like i learned so much because it was like i was in the vineyard um, I learned a lot about heat and cold damage that year. There was like a pretty big frost that happened. And one of the main vineyards, the fan went out oh, yeah. um, and it like ruined multiple blocks. Just of frost just burned? Uh, I mean, they were like purple, like, oh just burnt. Oh my gosh. Um, That's and so I, tragic. It was, it was mm. very tragic. And I got to do some vineyard walks with the winemaker, Justin, there and just learning how he tasted. I went there thinking like, oh, this is heat damage, you know? And he was like, no, 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 no. This is cold damage. Uh-huh. Um, and he was really cool to walk around the vineyard with and taste with. And That's some of the funnest stuff I've had. is like just walking vineyards with certain people and just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, talking about this vine or that vine. Yeah. Or yeah. The, expo- the way it's diagonally shaped, that block is shaped or whatever is. The little stuff matters if you want to pay attention to it. It all starts details, in the vineyard. Uh, or if you don't care about it, you can just go look at the numbers on the spreadsheet. Yeah. And For <laughs> me, it was learning about clones, too. They did a really good job. A lot of their blocks had, like, just one clone on it. So it was, like, 
I would learn. I was like, oh, that's what 667 tastes like. Oh, yeah. that's what pomard tastes like. you got to build mm. that up. Yeah, and just learning that and learning, you know, what clones I like and what usually go into what blends was really cool, too. Exactly. So, you know, one day what you want to yeah. clone you want to buy. 667, everyone. <laughs> that's it. Like six, Give me six, all seven. that violet. All that violet. Uh, there's a 943. Try that one. All right. And 777, of course. 777's uh, always tried and true. Uh, Love it. Is that Pinot? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's Calera, of course, but uh, they're expensive. <laughs> That's so, another rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Clones, so. I love it, dude. Now I'm all Pinot and Chardonnay, so it's all just clone and it's all black and clone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah. What clones do clone. landmark use? Yeah, it's more like, uh, yeah, 115, 777, 667. Uh, like I said, what was it, 943? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love how they're all just like numbers. It's so annoying. Like, yeah. This is all done, I'm pretty sure, like in some lab somewhere. They were yeah. crossing, yeah. crossing genes. It, Crazy All the cannabis there. growers be coming out with I like know. some bubble kush. Like, like, you know, like <laughs> we got I had like, one called got, goat's milk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my 37% THC. Yeah. What the it's hell is this? <laughs> what is or we grow the OG kush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like they just be coming out with like funny, like hella Dude, funny Skittles, names. And then here we Skittles are with just runs the numbers number 13. and like, yeah. And That's one Rock Gardens pre goal pre-roll the other day was called day crusher (laughs) (laughs) you know what the hell is up when you're smoking this joint i've had one called like showstopper and i'm like relax yeah we get it we get get it it. i'm about to be faded you tested really high okay (laughs) (laughs) you were grown indoors we get it (laughs) we get it but yeah no definitely rabbit hole that and rootstocks dude you gotta like so yeah but i mean <clears throat> Most people wouldn't even think about that when they're drinking a bottle. They're like, what clone was in here? Or no. what single varietal clone? Yeah. Very few producers make a single varietal clone. BV, uh, one of the companies yeah. I work, one of the uh, brands we do stuff for, they do definitely. a couple yeah. different clones. Um, well, I feel like really also cool. people don't advertise it because I don't yeah. think people really care. They don't, yeah, they don't care. Yeah. We're gatekeeping it. We're yeah. gatekeeping <laughs> We don't exactly. want we the don't normies to, to know. <laughs> why, why should the normies know about 777, 667? Like, well, <laughs> I mean, also, I feel like marketing standpoint, I think people really don't care. You don't care what yeast strain and what soil yeah. type of clone no, was in your wine? You just have to make care. Right. <laughs> Barefoot Pinot Noir is actually a triple we're using ec 1118 on that it's podcasts like this where you know we got our guests saying six six seven and then we know like people got to be looking for that we're putting it out there look for the pomar clone oh yeah there's a pomar clone we got a couple pomar clones we got to get the public there asking about six six seven well because i was like i bet you if you go to a tasting and you ask like a person that's doing the tasting would they even know? Probably oh, not. They caught me at McRossi. Yeah, oh, oh my god! Oh yeah, I was ready. But I did a lot of like the trade yeah. industry people. But oh god, there's nothing more embarrassing than when you tell people you have a master's in wine from an Ivy League, and they're like, "What clone was in this? What's the soil type?" And you're like, "I don't know." <laughs> it was alone. Almost you real quick. You're like, "I still got a lot to learn." It was alone, right? Let alone. Maybe maybe Sandy alone. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. How much oaks in this? I don't know about that one, Chief. That's it. Sandy loam, Avley Hillside, clay clay loam, right? It's terrible. I don't want any part of it. If it's not volcanic or limestone, get it out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's oh, not man. dry farm. Get it out of here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> And this What's is irrigation? What, this is what comes with years in the industry. You start looking for this stuff. You're like, I don't want to just buy anything. I need that dry farm. I need that old vine. Yeah. I need that uh, cold ferment. I, I want that uh, biodynamic, non-sulfur, you know? like, full organic, you know, God, like natural straight. Wine. Don't get me down that rabbit <laughs> hole. <laughs> I love sulfites. <laughs> I want it tattooed across my chest. <laughs> yeah. I hate those people where they're still like, you know, I don't drink wine because it gives me headaches to the sulfites. And I'm like, nah, Oh, buddy. yeah. Can you have that's, dried apricots? That's just fucking... Yeah, get the hell out of that's here. That's all that sugar <laughs> in that wine that you're fucking drinking. It's because you drink shit wine. That's <laughs> oh why God. you have a headache. <laughs> you get some new glasses for that? Or what do you think? Uh, do we have enough? Oh, yeah, Good we looks, do actually. Bro. We definitely have had some great harvest stories. We can go on our day, I think. After Silver Oak, where did you land... Yeah, it was with one of our friends, Bryce, and I was in gun club. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm in drinks with him, whiskey sour, and I was like, damn, I'm unemployed. <laughs> like, sure. what am I going to do? And there was this man at the table, and he's like, you like Riesling, and you're smart as hell. I got a job for you. Uh-huh. And um, called this winery called McRossi the next week, went in for an interview. They were like, yeah, when can you start? Um, and so I was living my best tasting room life for oh, yeah. a couple months. I loved it. It actually taught me a lot. I was told I'm in like a female mentorship group called Botanage. And, um, one of my first winemakers, her name's Rebecca Weinberg. She's the winemaker at Quintessa. And she was like, I think every winemaker needs to work in like tasting room or sales because there's too many winemakers that like at the winemaker dinner, everyone's absolutely terrified to have this winemaker speak to people. <laughs> They're like the seller troll. And we need to like have winemakers be able to actually communicate science and wine to buyers. And so that's what I did at McRossi. I met some really, really smart people, some really good friends. And it was a job that I knew I was going to be looking for other jobs, but I really loved the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved McRossi's staff. I liked the wines. Um, I got to taste a lot of really cool wines there. Um, and then it was actually on my birthday. I got offered my current job, which is the one of the wine chemists at Treasury. I focus on luxury. So I do brands like BV, Etude, That Stag's George's Lee. Reserve. That's right. Mm. I know all that. Oh, what's that? What's in your cellar? <laughs> <laughs> I got some George. Frank uh, Family. What else do I do? Uh, Sterling, Behringer. Oh, um, and then we also do some of the premium stuff like Matua, um, 19 Crimes, Snoop Dogg. Uh, we actually just... Um, <laughs> <laughs> real Martha Shard. Uh, <laughs> hey, but that pays the bills. It does. That, pays the bills. that keeps that fine wine going. <laughs> real. That's why we're able to age it for so long before release. (laughs) What else do we do? Something like that. Oh, we actually just acquired, um, or we're doing wine for mom. We're going to start doing some sparkling. Interesting. Um, so yeah, it's it's weird because I've always been in Sonoma and now. Well, Treasury is like a huge conglomerate. I know they got a lot. I didn't know they own nineteen crimes. I thought that was owned by Constellation. Oh, that was us. It was us, dog. They were originally Fosters. Oh. Interesting. My Brewski fans out there. 
Interesting. Yeah. Oh, fosters. Yeah. Fosters couldn't hold on to them. I'm like, yeah. pen folds. I do pen folds too. That's like yeah. a really big one. Oh, wow. One. That's a good mm. one. Um, I, so. need, I need some of that Grange if you got some. If uh, you want to come over for a tasting. <laughs> Who do you think does that TTV paperwork? That, sh- that Shiraz RWT? <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Yes. yes. I know it's, about Penfold. It's crazy. So we have the big production site, you know, at Behringer, but um, the Penfold stuff, I mean, it's at one of our smaller sister sites doing like three Delastages a day. Yeah, yeah. Like, that shit is treated cream of the crop. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> they have, yeah, crazy. they have three, like, they have one in Australia, one in uh, Argentina, and then one in. Here and and we're doing China now. Exactly. Della Stage for it's our listeners. It's basically a really fancy pump over. Hi, okay, and thank you. <laughs> yes. Really fancy A, a fancy pump over. pushing of wine from the bottom to the top. Yeah. The so they basically do this. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Like, you kind of know those, like, Play Doh machines as a kid that you would, like, push down and, like, oh, yeah. it would oh. squeeze out. Yeah, it squeezes so out. So it's kind of like a graded um, top all on open top fermenters. Um, and Ooh. it basically goes like right on top of the cap enough to submerge it. The wine's just pumping over. It's giving it like maximal aeration. Oh. Interesting. So there's some big boys. Oh, wow. Like literally the clones were f- the ones flown in from Australia. Wow. The whole, yeah, yeah. like most of harvest, we're really lucky because we're on opposite schedules harvest wise from Australia. So yeah. a lot of the Australian winemakers from Penfolds will come over and spend harvest with us Amazing. and try and get that like house style they call yeah. it. Um, oh my throughout god! The wines. I need to try some of these wines. I have so many. Oh my I gosh, can I would definitely yes, definitely help you out with that. Yes. Um, it was really cool. Penfolds has taught me a lot, like bottling wise too, because it's one of my duties with my job. Is is I do a lot of the bottling paperwork um, and QAQC of that and. Penfolds is huge in Asia. So just learning like the Asian market, they're all their legalities and laws. Like you need three different like lock codes and barcodes on it, you know, different labels and learning all those things. It's it's been a big, big learning curve. Sure. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Because you're selling wine in Asia. Any insight you can give to like people who never, you know, seen that side or? Yeah. Um, Experience that side. It's funny because, like, I always thought Harvest was the worst, but, like, oh, my God, winemakers are so much more awful during bottling. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, they're just absolute nightmares. Um, <laughs> they're so stressed because, I mean, outside of just the wine being what you want it to be when you bottle, the TTB is, like, pretty strict with, like, Sweet. alcohol and, you know, what you can put and all the approvals and putting together, like, your packets. Um <sighs> Putting together all your dry goods, you know, corks. We do, like, a lot of quality control on our corks to make sure we're not giving cork-tainted wines to people. Sure, yeah. Um, the fine details. Labels, that- just making sure your labels are, like, the same inches on every bottle. Yeah, millimeter uh, height, and uh, all this matters. So stressful. I love it. I love bottling. People hate it, but all that matters to me, I'm too. I'm good. You can take that part of my job. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, you, so, you just work so, so long, so hard. It's like, how are you going to take shortcuts on that last, the last thing that just finishes yeah. the job? Like, that should be, yeah. I don't care. I'd rather hand bottle everything. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a hand bottle. But I did the last <laughs> time we were short some temps, and I, I had to get on the bottling line for a little bit. And I was like, wine chemist on the bottling line. Like, yeah, I am. Put some stickers on. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, bottling is definitely stressful. 
just working for a really big company, we bottle about like once a month. Mm-hmm. So we use like a mobile bottling unit. Um, sure. But we do have a bigger bottling site. Wow, bottling once a month, that's hectic. You're telling yeah. me. <laughs> You're telling me. Oh my God, you throw on the different sizes. We're doing like 375, 750s, and a Magnum. Ooh, Wine yeah. changes, different labels. Oh Ooh. my gosh. God forbid we're doing pen folds and we need to do like some different like Chinese labels. Nice label. Oh uh, a long label. Oh man, that oh takes me back God. to my Lagunitas yes. days. Yes. <laughs> we're scraping off labels right now because they put the wrong back label no. on the wrong front label. So now we gotta scrape them off. Uh, yeah, because of whatever was approved with the TTB <laughs> is it yeah. Yeah, right or something yeah. like that? I always joke like who who says like I want to work for the TTB and just like go absolutely terrorize wineries? Right. Like what a terrible job! Terrible. If anyone working for the TTB is listening out there, <laughs> like, right. like come on, <laughs> give us a break. If the alcohol's point three off, come on. <laughs> I learned when I was the lab manager for a bit at Silver Oak, like temporarily, I learned a little bit about that stuff. There's, it's a whole headache of, of stuff like to get, uh, compliance with, you know, for all that. It's just like, oh my gosh, yeah. God, talking about like single vineyards, like that's not even my problem. That's the winemaking team's problem. But I mean, yeah. get something single vineyards, calling it like a varietal. I mean, we have I so know. much wine. It's also like, okay, well, if we don't want to put this into a blend, like. Can it's we this it? vintage. What, exactly. what can we do with it? Where where can we put it? Exactly. You know, or even leftover wine from bottling. Like you sometimes you have, you have, have more to track wine. all of it too. Yeah. Like to Before even asking right now, we're like, should we just dump all this Chardonnay and literally uh, and, and like the South Blanc that's mass produced? Like, it probably won't make a difference. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like every every gallon of wine they make, the tax man wants your cut, wants the cut, you know. So oh, it's like man. you can't just get rid of it, you know. So well, I mean, I know in Trinquero, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I know like if we like had a hundred gallons left, level, like we just put it down the drain, you know. Yeah. Say anything. Well, there is there, there is a section <laughs> yeah. for that. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> it's called your loss. losses. Yeah, <laughs> those are your losses right there. Yeah. <laughs> Those are your wine losses. My first internship, I didn't understand, hence why I got a master's. Didn't understand sulfur. And I put a barrel tablet of 50 ppm sulfur in a five-gallon carboy. Whoa. Um, and I watched all the color drain out of it, and I was like, this doesn't look right. <laughs> and I told my boss, I was like, uh, there's no color in our pinot. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's what we call a loss we're gonna dump that (laughs) (laughs) but it happens you know it happens it's learning what are you gonna do exactly so uh tell us about what we're drinking right now we just got a new glass uh, so i poured a vin santo which is an italian wine Ooh, we're traveling the world today (laughs) it's a fortified italian wine and the way that they make it is that they put it in barrels. Well, before that, they, they dry the, the fruit. Yeah, they dry the fruit before they even ferment it. And style? Yeah. Yeah. It's called a pasi, mm. pasito? A pasitolo? Yeah. Sounds right. I don't know how to, right here. Yeah, and then they use different barrels to age it. Which well, are wax sealed. Which are wax sealed. So, like, they don't touch it. They don't, don't even top it. it or anything. They just oh, let it, like, do its thing it's like for, like, life. three uh. years. 
it, yeah. it's this with like Basque cheesecake, yeah. like yeah. burnt Basque cheesecake. I'm missing a cheesecake. Yeah. Is a really burnt what's cheesecake. And they <laughs> don't use oak. They use like different barrels, like made from like juniper, or chestnut, and stuff like that, because they really want the wine to oxidize. That's Loving also it. why they don't top and they seal it. Yeah. yeah, big fan. Thank you. Yeah, very hard sometimes to find because like yeah. they just seal it for years as long as the producer wants. You know, ten, twenty. Yeah, and then what's left? I don't know. We'll mm. open it and find out. I was Can just in run. Porto, and it was crazy to learn about mm. like the fortified wine oh process. Oh my god, I love old port though. Oh, it's so good, yeah. like a thirty-year-old port. It's just like <laughs> I bought a seventy-five. I got it in my cellar. I'm hold on yeah. to that one for. Wow. I don't know. I feel like for me, if I could make a wine, I would want to make a Vin Santo. Really? That, that's what I'd want to make. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. I want to do Hop it. on that boat to Italy, my man. Yeah, I know. I need to. <laughs> 2012, huh? Right. So this has been aging for what, 11 well, years, something? I mean, Delish. I don't know mm. when they bottled it, but yeah, definitely probably at least a decade. Mm-hmm. Nice. So we've gone over your... Work experiences, mm-hmm. um, a lot of crazy harvest stories with these <laughs> fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, gone off on tangents about wine because we love wine. <laughs> yeah. But we also like to uh, highlight, you know, our hobbies and what we like to do outside of wine here because sometimes you can't just get too engulfed. Yeah. You like to gotta, like you said, detach, recalibrate, mm-hmm. decompress. How do you? Uh, what are some of your hobbies? Yeah. Well, I'm a cat mom. To <laughs> my children, my mm. lives. One of them is named Bamfi after the Italian winery. Mm. Um, <laughs> and it was funny. I, I got her Love when it. I was in my undergrad in Chicago, um, right before COVID, and see this like sickly little like emaciated kitty. And <laughs> I was like, I want a kitten. You know, I went in with that whole thing, and they're like, Okay, we get it. But like, there is this absolutely like amazing cat that you need to meet. And, like, she looked at me, she meowed. I was like, it's done. I want her. And she was eight. And I fell in love. I loved her. I took her home. And it's like, mom, I'm seeing, like, these weird kind of, like, blood spots every once in a while. My friends are like, oh, maybe she has worms. And like, I never had cats, so I didn't mm. really understand anything like that. And they're like, yeah, you should, like, look in the litter box. And I was like, A, what does a worm look like? Like, what am I even looking for? B, disgusting. Sure. Um, <laughs> And I look in the litter box, and I see this, like, little thing wiggling. And I was like, oh, my God, is this the biggest worm I've ever seen? And I put my flashlight in there, and no, it was a kitten. Just one. And um, no that's way. my little pip. So I took him out. Like, I cut the, like, placenta myself. I'm not oh joking. I literally was like, what is going on? Thank God I wanted to be a doctor and had, like, some training. Um, <laughs> and that was right before COVID. So, like, I had him all during COVID, and he's hilarious. He has these ridiculous fangs. And uh-huh. he's just like, you can hang that cat upside down. You could do whatever to him. Um, they're awesome. You guys have met them. Yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. awesome. They're cute little kitties. So... I like to spend time with them whenever I can. Um, I'm a big foodie. I love cooking. I always joke because, like, I'm a chemist and I'm a terrible baker. Like, the last cookies I tried to make literally caught on fire. Um, but I love cooking. <laughs> I cook, like, every night. I'm Baking's always hard, though, because I try to master it. And yeah. it's, like, any measurement that's off, it's... 
I don't like it because it's it's all like your measuring skills and it's not any tasting. Like yeah, it's not to yeah, taste. true. Yeah, you know you can't bake something and then like afterwards you're like, oh, this needs salt. You're you're fucked. Yeah, you know? yeah, you kind of have to make it exact. Exactly, exactly. and so. I'm I'm not about that. Like I always joke. I think one of the good things that will like make me a winemaker is I I taste in color. Mm. Um. So whenever I taste anything, even when I'm cooking, it's like I can taste what it needs, like mm-hmm. what needs to be added to it uh. in a color. So it could be like yellow, and I know it needs like an acid, like a, a wine or a lemon or like something like that, or it could be like red. A little turmeric powder. Like a paprika. Cayenne. Mm-hmm. Cayenne, yeah. You know, or like uh. it can need purple. It's like a Worcestershire, like a browning seasoning. Like it needs something like that, so... Mm. I do chef it up. Um, Watch the bear. I just, of course, oh, I I'm a Chicago girl. Yeah, I love chef. Italian beef. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that's my my show the past couple of weeks right now. So good. That's Season two just it's, it's good. So. I'm watching it. I love it. I, mean, mm. <laughs> I, I think love that's my other like crippling addiction is I love trash reality TV. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I know everything about Bravo, Love Island. The Bad Girls Club? Yeah. Vanderpump? Oh, hell yeah. You want to talk Scandal? I got Scandal. I'm not going to lie. I have DM'd Lisa Vanderpump multiple times and asked to make rosé for her. I (laughs) never have gotten a response. Hey, keep Um, trying, though. You never know. She'll respond one time. You never know. Well, I mean, it's like my buddy Sean Chris Pratt followed him. No like, way. and he does. Yeah, I mean, like he does comedy and stuff like that. You got, you've met Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great yeah. guy, funny guy. Maybe yeah. one day, you know, maybe one day I'll be making Vanderpump Rose. But uh, <laughs> oh god, the new Ultimatum, mm-hmm. the queer love one, fantastic. Hell Lesbian yeah. drama, eleven yeah. out of ten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, any trash reality TV, like oh yeah. I know everything. <laughs> I know everything. I love it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. No, it's, uh, I grew up actually watching like a lot of those shows just because uh, my mom watched the Kardashians. Uh, like well, actually, oh a lot of the stuff on Bravo. So, yeah. yeah. My mom the Housewives loves, are the best. Yeah. My mom loves Housewives. a lot of the shows oh, on yeah. Bravo. So, I watched a lot of the shows growing up, whether it's Project Runway or oh, like yeah. uh, a Project lot of the Runway. Real Housewives. Like, of every single one, I've seen like almost all of them. It's iconic. Like, yeah, yeah. Whether it's New York or Orange Hell County yeah. or whatever. Like, Hell I've yeah. seen it I mean, all. I mean, I watch Project Jaws of, Sun- <laughs> Jaws of Sunset. Like, yes, yeah. yes, he gets it. I love it. I love it. Good. It's like it's like a bad car accident. Yeah, like, yeah, I want to yeah, look yeah. away, but, but like, like you just it's can't. so good. Like my boyfriend always gives me shit, and then like all of a sudden, like he'll act he'll like sit he's down. sleeping, and he's like. What happened? Who did they couple up right? with? <laughs> <laughs> and What's I'm like, on? yeah, yeah, say it louder for those yeah, in the yeah. back. Mm-hmm. It's funny. When I my know gro- you love this When shit. my girlfriend watches the Kardashians, I just talk shit. And I'll just be slamming them. And she's like, yeah, I can't watch this with you. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I just like talk true. The funniest <laughs> is when the Kardashians are like, really don't want to be famous yeah. <laughs> it's like, like well then why have you done like 20 seasons of reality I know. <laughs> <laughs> we try to keep our kids out of this like the spotlight and the paparazzi it's like no it's like, what do you mean them being born is the spotlight so bad that is a but guilty so pleasure good. though i can't even lie though. those reality so tvs yeah. Oh my 
God. It's because, like, my life is so boring, you know? Like, I literally am working 410, running lab work all day, sitting, cleaning a lab, and it's like, of course I want to watch people fight. Sounds great. Throw someone in a pool. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. Like, I want to see somebody, like, lit. cuss the other person out. Oh, yeah. You know, you know like, it's like everything well, I want to do. Get kicked out of a club on a security guard, you know? <laughs> Dragged out, you know? I mean, yeah. I feel like their lives are pretty boring, too. It's just what they want to show us. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up, though. Not yeah. wrong. Not wrong. Been kayaking. My boyfriend bought me a Santa mm. paddleboard the other day. So oh, yeah. oh, nice. I'm getting into that. I'm thinking you about know? going to the river on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Ooh, We're running a boat you... this weekend. Stoked. Yeah, Been fishing sure. a lot. Nice, nice. Oh, yeah. So, not sure. catching, just fishing. Just fishing. Nice. Just fishing. Not <laughs> still, catching. No. Not ca- I, I feel like you take a couple bottles of wine out there. Just like you can't, you probably have it out of some plastic cups or whatever. That's the way wine should be enjoyed. You know what they say. A good day at work is never as good as a bad day on a lake. Uh. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Even if the fish didn't bite. <laughs> yeah. Bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. I love and it. That's the tea. That's the tea. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Something I'd like to ask is uh, just because I got so many plans in the future I want to accomplish. Do you have any future plans in this industry? Absolutely. You hope to, uh, to climb the mountain yeah um definitely i want to be a winemaker so for me the next steps i feel are probably like an assistant winemaker or an an enologist somewhere um and then obviously i would love to be a winemaker um still kind of deciding what size winery i think is right for me i've worked at small medium and big um and i'm not sure where i lie because in the small i loved how connected i felt to the wine and i've definitely felt like that's lacking at like bigger and even medium-sized absolutely wineries um that's why i gravitate toward the small wineries Mm -hmm. but it's like then you don't get paid. Yeah. And you're working really hard. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so it's yeah. like, damn, all right. So it's a balance. Um, you know, we've kind of talked about as a group before this, our interest in areas outside of Sonoma and Napa. And um, I mean, one of my favorite vineyards is Bien Nacido. Um, I love the fruit <laughs> down there and in the Santa Barbara area. Um, I love the fruit up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Um, I'm super, super interested in more like the cool climate kind of Pinot Noirs. Um, so I could see that in my future for sure. Um, Willamette Valley. Yeah. 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 Nice. Oregon, Washington. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to head there one day. I don't yeah. know. For me, I, I like my fortified wines. Yeah. I want to learn about ice wine and Vinsanto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get after him, I do. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Um I feel like I'm really lucky that, like, I actually found wine at 21, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm ahead of the game. Like, I'm only 24, and I'm going to have, what, this will be my fourth harvest under my belt. So mm-hmm. We need all the young people to come to wine industry. Yeah. Don't think it's an old people's, you know, industry. Or yeah. you can't. Well, like Miguel and I said one day, like, eventually they're all 
they're all gonna, gonna be, die. They're all gonna die, so they need us. I wouldn't say that. I would say they're slowly getting pushed out, but yeah, uh, yeah. that too. I, I, I would say we're the next generation. That's what yeah. I say. Mm-hmm. That's why I say like, like it's you gotta be ready to you know mm-hmm. take on this weight, take on this challenge, and yeah. hopefully someone from a younger generation is ready to take it on. Well, we're ready to pass it on. So yeah, so I really like my job right now. I love it. Um, because I've never been in Napa before, so I feel like I've gotten to see so much data from so many different parts of the valley, um, and I'm sure I'll learn even more in Harvest. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to to like some analogies, assistant winemaker roles, hopefully within the next year or so. Um, I feel like that's kind of my next move. Mm-hmm. Where that is TBD. Mm. Um, but yeah i mean even working for an australian company too i mean there's always that option of like what if i went over there for a harvest um wouldn't be bad somewhere else yeah Yeah. i'd go work for penfold in australia yeah you're taken care of exactly (laughs) i mean i I don't think i like want to settle down outside the u.s or necessarily be there like for too long Mm -hmm. um but I feel like that is the perks. I mean, we have a brand in Italy, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's so many opportunities to, you know, go see how they make wine in other places. Yeah, because um, the industry is, a, I mean, it's worldwide. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? I mean, there's nothing in wine that, like, I'm super, super against, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to say it. I think there's a lot for me to still learn. And I've found I really like, teaching and educating about wine too so i mean i wouldn't ever turn down like much more in the future like i could totally see myself being like a professor or mm-hmm. doing something like that too um or definitely at least like mentorship programs sure oh, yeah. um and being mm-hmm. able to kind of do that so pay it forward yeah exactly so there is like the space for so many so many groups in napa and sonoma so trying to do my best of you know getting involved and supporting all of them and doing what i can so what i've also learned from others is get comfortable it's like it's gonna be a long journey Mm -hmm. and like you said we're glad we found it at this age and this is what we get to look forward to for the next yeah however many years i mean to appreciate it all Mm -hmm. i don't know i think that's i'm learning i'm appreciating the little things and just more now than I, I guess I always have, but just even getting to live in such a beautiful place, oh you know, yeah, like true. taking a moment. I mean, the drive from Santa Rosa to St. Helena, like, isn't the best thing in the world, but it's like when you get over that stretch on like Mark West, and yeah, it's like beautiful. Calistoga and Diamond Mountain, and it's just it's absolutely yeah. beautiful. And like every time, it doesn't matter like how shit my day was at work, how bad I want to get home, how great my day was, like. It's time to stop and literally just be like, damn, I live in a beautiful place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I'm making wine. Yeah. Like, exactly. life does not Life suck. is not that bad. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, it could be so much worse. I agree. It could be urban sprawl where it's just like buildings <laughs> everywhere. I'm <laughs> glad I got out of LA. And all dude, of that. And it's so just like, when and you're you got driving out through here, you San Francisco. just see Concrete a lot of jungle. nature. Yeah. I don't know how I lived in cities for so long. I'm like. <laughs> I love a good city every once in a while, but it's like then I remember like God, like I just get to like work in nature, yes, beauty and 
it's it's the coolest thing. Yes, it yeah. really is beautiful. We're we're spoiled out here. We are. Mm. Yeah. We are. They pay us like shit, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I love we're those perks. We're one big happy family. <laughs> I love those perks. <laughs> yeah, give me my one free case of wine a year. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I loved my seventy-two-hour work week. Yeah. No uh, life for three months out of yeah. the year. But yeah, that case of wine was awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one free water bottle. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I drank 10 of these. <laughs> or Jesse's uh, free Fiji water. I'd be raiding all of that, dude. I raid the snack closet. I'm, like, yeah. I'm, taking, I'm taking all this, dude. <laughs> that was the best thing about Silver Oak. <laughs> they had Costco deliveries every week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's getting yeah. hummus. Now they, bagels. they definitely hooked up. Cheese. Oh my god, workers, hell so. yeah! Cheese, it was dude. like, oh, you're here past seven o'clock. It's all right. We're getting burritos or pizza. Like, yeah. um, okay, all right, Silver Road. Yeah. <laughs> Happy so. hours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that big winery life. <laughs> if, For if, real. If my business is ever doing that good, that's how I want to treat yeah. my business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's not like. Golden State Cider, just one snack per day. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like a shitty nature And we mark you for it too, and we tell you. And we make sure Jose, you got it. Well, they get your meal ticket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the way to do it is they have meetings on nine and two. So, like, if you want to get more than one snack, you got to go at those times when <laughs> nobody's in the office. <laughs> See, there's a strategy to yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. He was always finding loopholes. I love it. Just, I love it. Stay hungry, cellar workers. Yeah. I love it. They think we're stealing the booze. No, we're stealing the snacks. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we're going into quick hitters. Yeah, yeah wrapping up. Just yeah. like... Um, We've talked for quite a bit and mm. shared a lot. These are just like everyday questions we ask all our favorite, mm. you know, all our guests. Yeah. So first question is, what's your favorite type of yeast strain? But that's specifically tailored to you. Yeah. You're <laughs> putting me in a hole here. Are we ask talking sack or non-sack? Are we talking native? Like, can I say my own? Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> come on. Can I my say own. something I've isolated? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can say favorite native, favorite conventional. You can say, yeah. favorite, you know. Uh, I mean, okay. Let's do, like, ye superlatives. I mean, I would say, you know, MVP is going to go to EC1118. It's going to chug through anything. You know, you put that bitch in sparkling, you put it in a beer, you know, you can put it in any kind of wine, red, white, rosé, you know, it's going to chug through. It's going to yeah. get you to a solid 13%. So we got to uh, love the reliability actually, and stability. I, th I think we use that for at Golden State. Yeah. EC. Yeah. It's like the hardiest <laughs> yeast. Yeah. Like that yeast can take on anything, <laughs> you know? But like we also have to love like a rescue yeast, you know? We have to love when there's like a 17% stuck in and they're like, you know what? Let's add half the volume of water and a shit ton of this gnarly yeast strain and like hope <laughs> for the best, you know? Yeah. And it's just going to rip through and it's just like an absolute like powerhouse. It's your it's your power bottom yeast strain, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Um, what else can I go on? I mean, 71B is going to be like my artsy, you know, that's like the Beaujolais yeast strain. So it's going to give you like the 
fun and fruity, but it also like rips through Malik. So it's like by green, you know, we're only fruity here. Um, (laughs) You know, we have to love that. Um, I'm a big fan of like the new crazy, like genetically engineered yeast. Like there are a lot of strains. Shout out Omega Yeast. They're absolutely ballers um, for the beer industry. Like they're doing some gnarly like thiol yeast. And they also just dropped a new yeast strain that basically is supposed to like decrease diacetyl. Just like that oh, buttery yeah. kind of compound mm-hmm. from my cougar juice Chardonnay lovers out there. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It like it basically decreases that that buttery kind of compound, but like still gives you the mouth feel mm. of like an MLF wine. Okay. Um so, you know, I have love for, like, my native French yeast strains, but I have love for my scientific little masterpieces yeah, out absolutely. there, too, you know. Yeah. And I'm an equal yeast opportunist. Yeah. I actually no, just got a Saxer Vissier tattooed on my arm, a oh, really shitty cartoon drawing yeah. from my Cornell professor. Yep, yep. Um, That's a yeast It's a happy there. yeast. Yeah. It's a been given yeast. a lot of dap. <laughs> um, yeah. And for made O or K, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever your choice is. Um, so it's probably my stupidest tattoo. Hell yeah. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. No, no I stupid love that. tattoo. I love that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my many are, wine uh, tattoos. You know, no regrets on any tattoo. No, yeah. no regrets. Yeah, no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> my one underneath that, I have five wine bottles. I did see that. Yeah, I have my Chianti bottle because I've been Strong to basket. that was my twenty first birthday trip. Love Italian wine. My Pinot bottle because. Want to make the best peanut oil in the right. world? Mm-hmm. My Riesling bottle. So that was the first wine I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. I was not going to frat parties drinking trash jungle juice. I was Thank bringing you. Chateau Saint Michel oh. Riesling. Yeah, right. you weren't. You, like you, weren't you weren't slapping the bag. No, absolutely not. <laughs> when from it be Saint, dead. From Saint Michel out here in the Pike <laughs> Northwest. Oh yeah. Very oh, classy. Yeah. There you go. And then I have my cab bottle because I think I did like ten cab restarts my first harvest. And was constantly <laughs> digging them out. Um, then I got my bubbles bottle. Because right. my parents have a tradition. They call it Champagne Friday. Sure. Every Friday they open a bottle of sparkling champagne. Prosecco, I need to be invited whatever. to these. Yeah, they <laughs> sit on the beach. Bunch of bubbly. Get drunk. Vibe. Hell yeah. Just be happy they're alive, you exactly. know. And I was like a sick little bottle. And now it's like with yeast, you know, sparkling is pretty sick. So, yeah. yeah. Those are my, my two wine tattoos. Oh, I'm yeah. trying to get the Chianti rooster somewhere. Nice. <laughs> nice. Guy Negro. One on my ass. With the Chianti right there. <laughs> what is that? The Chianti rooster? Yeah, what don't... do you mean? The cock on my ass? Yeah. <laughs> Just wine jokes. I love it. That's <laughs> what we're here for. Uh, what's your favorite wine grape? Like, mm. like style or region? Riesling is always going to be my love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think if you ask any winers, just like the diversity of it. Yeah. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, I don't like Riesling, it's too sweet. Like, get the hell out of here. I get know. to the back of the line. I know. <laughs> you know? Save like, the dry ones for us, buddy. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Save the Dr. Lucens at Costco for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's Riesling is always um, a favorite. Um, I've recently really been getting into Rones. I mean, I think for like the yeah. affordability um, mm. and the grapes. I mean, I love a CDP. Um, Cross Hermitage, you know, a Cote Roti. Oh yeah, shit's good. And then if you want to go some white, some Conjure, 
I really started to gravitate towards Grenache this year. I don't I know love why. Grenache. But I have a new respect for Grenache. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's thin skin, lovely soft tannins. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I, I can't I need Grenache, to drink more yeah. Grenache. Yeah. And I mean, Pinot is always my love. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big, like I said, Bien Nacido is my favorite vineyard. Um, but I love the suburb in Anderson Valley, too. I know. Russian River's getting a bit hot for me. It is. I do like out there Philo and Valley. So good. On the west side of it, more cooler climate. Mm -hmm. It's a great place to plant. That's where I would Mm -hmm. plant. But it's just so remote. Out there in Philo, like, Mm -hmm. it's so remote, but it's just, like, the best growing conditions, I think, if I wanted to, like, highlight an expression of Chardonnay or Pinot. I agree. Early pick, high acid, make some bubbly. Yeah, it's if you want rotorer exactly. out there. Exactly. Yeah, I was a member. I've gone out there a couple of times. They're making good stuff. So. Yeah, those are that's probably my my top threes right now. All right. Well, what is your favorite wine memory? It could be a bottle you drank or a bottle you worked on or helped on. Hmm. I think my funniest wine memory. Was I went to Italy for my 21st birthday, and my dad is like, yeah, my buddy set up this tasting. And we always joke, my dad's like the mayor. Like, he knows everyone everywhere. So <laughs> mm. and He looks like Dan Bilzerian. He's hilarious. Uh. <laughs> um, and he's like, my buddy set up this whole tasting, blah, blah, blah. And we, like, go to this winery. It's this huge, bougie winery in the middle of, like, nowhere in Italy. And it's Salvador Ferragamo's. Right. And he's like, yeah, he's my buddy. Like, we wanted a <laughs> wine tasting. And it's so funny. He kept asking to, like, meet Salvador Ferragamo. Finally, they're like, he's in a meeting. Like, he actually can't come down right now. And it was just really funny to see my dad, like, completely blown off by, like, his buddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but after that, it was even better because we, like, went to this Italian restaurant. And they <gasps> set out this crazy tasting, like, 16 glasses. Mm. And, I mean... I wasn't legally allowed to taste in the U.S. Like, I didn't know how to wine taste. Like, I didn't understand, like, sipping and, like, tasting each one. You know, like, I was taking, yeah. them, like, shots. Yeah. And I had, like, the best lasagna I've ever had. And I drank all 16 glasses. And I remember fighting for my life in that bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, Savannah, you cannot throw up right now because that's the best lasagna you've ever had. <laughs> you keep it in there. And you cannot ruin this experience. <laughs> and i went back down there and i had my tiramisu when i fell asleep on the dining room table i love it at the restaurant Mm. and um yeah got tucked in in bed that night and that was my 21st birthday that is awesome (laughs) (laughs) you kept the lasagna in oh yeah Yeah. i did the bechamel sauce oh god Uh, it's too good it's too good to barf too good to get away (laughs) (laughs) i love it champ uh, favorite alcoholic beverage? I guess this applies to anything that isn't. Uh, Let's go outside wine. Yeah. Um, mm. If I'm at like a cocktail bar, my go-to drink. I love a whiskey sour, but it's got to uh, have the egg white on top. Yeah. Um, oh, a fancy right. design. Emulsified. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. We're talking shots. Green tea shot. <laughs> yeah. Or Casamigos Blanco. Hate to give money to the white people making tequila, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will for a shot of Casamigos. For a shot of Casamigos. <laughs> Depends uh. how down bad I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's really, the only type of liquor I don't like is gin. 
That's fair. I don't either. Yeah. yeah I, I started to appreciate gin just because of the botanicals <laughs> that go into it. And every region has, like, native botanicals sometimes that they choose to put in their gin. And not all gin is the same. Yeah. I know people think it's just, ah, it's, ah, it's harsh and it tastes bland. I think my issue is, like, how they put coriander in it. And coriander uh. is cilantro. Mm. And I have the soap gene for cilantro. Uh. So, like, all... Gin to me, especially like you add any lemon or anything in the botanicals, yeah. it tastes like cleaning solution to me. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah. my qualm with gin. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but any other, I mean, I don't really care for vodka. Yeah, I hate vodka. I can't um, do vodka. Yeah, it's just too uh, boring. It has to be mixed to something. Yeah, you just boring. can't do vodka. Yeah, it is boring. It's. Uh, I've had too many like. Young drunken days like stealing the s'mores vodka out of my parents' liquor cabinet. Yeah. That's like that's such a yeah. deal. like vodka just yeah. like makes me ill. <laughs> I think it has to be like for me it's like tequila or whiskey. Can't yeah, mezcal, some cognac mm. or some armagnac. But for like, me that's Jägermeister. I just <laughs> I can't drink it anymore. Yeah. No Jaeger bombs. I mean, no, no. <laughs> I had too much of a. Uh, that was wild a, experience. That was like yeah. my first fifth for sure. Jaeger. But I mean, Jaeger also has botanicals. <laughs> Honestly, I think my guilty pleasure of booze, I love a shot of Fireball. Oh. I know it's a hot take. Yeah. I know it's <laughs> a hot, a hot take. take. I know it it's is. disgusting. Do you really want to buy the winemaker who says their <laughs> shot of whiskey is Fireball? No. <laughs> but there's just there's something nostalgic about it, you yeah. know? In the right setting, I could be convinced for a shot of fireball. That I still hold true. Jägermeister, I will throw Hon- it. Honestly, I I'm Miguel, I have to disagree with you. Like, I would rather take a shot of Jäger no. over fireball any day, no, hands I'd down. I'd rather walk away from both. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Uh, no, Brad. No. Come on. <laughs> There's nothing like a little cinnamon burn, you know? <laughs> no. See, that's why I don't like fireball. It's the cinnamon for me. That's I can't do like it. Big red? Don't like Big Red oh, either. Right. <laughs> Pretty much like Big Red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I remember actually one time uh, with Sean, I remember we had like glycol. And then Sean was like, that's what they put in Fireball. (laughs) 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 And he was like, that's why they don't sell it in Europe, because they put glycol in Fireball. And I was like, oh, thank God I don't like Fireball. (laughs) Yeah, that really sucks for Sap. A notable book, movie, TV show worth recommending. Well, I already outed myself and said I love trash reality TV. Yeah, shout out Bravo. Um, yeah. Shout out, shout out all the housewives, T. Mariana. Um, <laughs> I mean, movie wise, I'm basic. Like I'm a Pulp Fiction girl. Hell yeah, it's my favorite. I mean, I think it, it has everything: uh, action, it has cinematography, the music, like everything. <laughs> I mean, the cast is so iconic. Um, Books, I was a twi-hard child. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, the movies are great, too. Let's not discriminate. Um, and was the last one? TV show. TV show. Um, I did rewatch The Vampire Diaries and, like, revoked my love for that. I think if I could be any supernatural creature, I'd be a vampire. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a fun fact about Yeah, mortality's me. great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly yeah. with the vampire theme with me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you an Ian or Stefan? 
Ben. Oh, Ian. Ian. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Who do I look like? An innocent? Come on. Of course I'm going to pick the mean brother. I'd pick Elena over both of them. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. Artists or albums you're currently listening to? Ooh. Or that get you through the day, the work week? Yeah, yeah. something. I'm a big music person. I grew up as a singer. Classically trained opera singer. Oh, wow. interesting. So my brother plays guitar, so we're a big music family. Um, so I'm always listening to a lot of stuff. I'm wearing a Nirvana shirt right now. Yeah. Right now, I am a crazy Phoebe Bridgers fan. Boy genius. Definitely my alt sad girl era for that. <laughs> if I'm listening to kind of like rock and alternative, I saw Depeche Mode a couple months ago. Hey. absolutely sick. Mm, um, classic. The Cure is, is always um, one of my favorites. Um, big Rage Against the Machine fan. Mm. But, you know, like, I can also get down with some rap. Like, I love Baby Keem. Um, big Kendrick fan. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been listening to some old Drake. Listen to the Drake <laughs> and Future album on the way over here. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, so, you know, I listen to a little bit of everything. This weekend, I'm going to be on a boat. Might be listening to some chicken fried. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Might be getting a little crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm always listening to all different kinds of music. I have, like, ten playlists that are, like, very specially curated for my drives home for my commute. Nice. So, mm. depends, you know, what kind of what kind of genre, yeah. but also, like, how upbeat or, like, yeah. low do I want it? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I got it. Tend to playlist too, yeah. so I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. 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 <laughs> I've been a member since like 2016. YouTube Music. <laughs> what? Yeah. That wasn't even an option. Yeah. 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 I'm the odd one. Team Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, uh, uh, no, no, no. No. Yeah. I have a droid. Um, and lastly, favorite piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm. I guess it's not really like a phrase, um, but more just like of experience. Like I said, you know, want to be a doctor, definitely grew up in like a very like high pressure academic environment. Like I was very much like an overachiever in school and extracurriculars and everything I did was like to be in med school. Mm -hmm. And... The second I remember, like, sitting over that veneer and being like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to throw my whole life away to, like, do something that I don't know if it's going to work out. Like, no one joins wine because I think they're going to, like, make money. <laughs> you know, you're joining wine as an industry because you love it. Mm. And I was so scared to call my parents and, like, tell them there's no med school for me. There's no Ph.D. Like, maybe... There's going to be a master's, but, like, I'm basically giving up everything that you've, like, raised me to do, mm -hmm. you know, to do this. And both my parents were just like, oh, my God, we so support you. Like, we've never seen you happier. And I struggled a lot throughout my childhood with, like, mental health issues. And there were times I didn't even see a future for myself because it was so hard for me growing up. And my mom was like the fact that you, like, see a future in this and that you love it, like, that's all I can ask. Like, mm -hmm. both my parents have jobs that they don't necessarily, like, love, but they've always, like, been very stable and paid well. Mm -hmm. Like, 
my mom's in pharmaceuticals and my dad's in oil, mm-hmm. you know, like they're not doing careers of passion. And I grew up seeing them like working so hard for jobs that they didn't love. And it meant a lot for me to have like my parents say like, you don't need to do what we did. Like you can just do what you love and be happy. And like, that's enough that we just see, like they came and saw me in the cellar one day and they were like, who is this? Like, sure. (laughs) This is not our daughter. This is not the person that we know, you know, like lifting barrels on my own and stuff when like, I was like an opera singer, beauty queen Mm -hmm. kid, you know, like so opposite. And I think there was something just so freeing for me about the detachment of, you know, like wine is so physical and it was so different from like constantly being judged in pageants and like on my exterior was like, no, you're judged on like a product you make. Mm -hmm. When you open a bottle of wine, you have no idea who made this, you know, you're judging that wine. And I think that brought out like a very different side of me and it was really cool for my parents. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I love that. I love wine. It's the shit. I know. It brings out the best of people. It does. Mm -hmm. You and me purpose. I'm like, I know this is what I want to do. I want to help people. Like I get to make people happy all day. I feel like, you know, (laughs) give them really good bottles Uh, of wine that they like eat at their wedding dinner or their graduation, like be a part of their memories. Yeah, exactly. That's what it like for me. It's about breaking out those moments, those key moments in life and giving people those moments of like, ah, I remember that experience. I remember that bottle with that experience. One of the questions that we normally ask at the end of our interviews, of our podcast, who would you recommend to bring on to the show? And uh, would you help bringing them on as well? So, yeah. Um, I have a few. Um, Perfect. Talia and Courtney. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. That's, we that's, we want to have talked them to them on. about it. So they're already on the radar. I yeah. just need to reach out to them. Mm. Yeah. Two of literally my best friends. Cool, because Talia is kind of wanting to get more into the wine marketing, and she is looking for a job. Mm -hmm. So this would definitely, you know, help her. Mm -hmm. Um, And Courtney is going to be doing another harvest with Silver Oak at AV. Oh, Oh, nice. Um, And then she wants to go to, like, Argentina or somewhere she wants to harvest hop. So yeah, and get just that her, experience. Yeah, mm. and her background in like cooking and stuff. I've talked with her, and I actually have loved talking with her about her experience in cooking and all that. She's yeah. got a really cool history. It's a that. really interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Like just hearing her. Like I remember doing a barrel tasting at Toomey, and she was like, "I would make this into a soy sauce." And I was like, "You're crazy, but like you're so right." <laughs> like <laughs> she's just she thinks in such a cool way, like yeah. a creative, cool way as a chef. And honestly, like. My brother would be cool because he's such a hardcore Vic guy. Yeah. And he does a lot of irrigation and he works for Renteria. So he's doing vineyard management for a really large amount of Napa. Mm. It's a lot of shit. I think he has a cool perspective because he barely graduated high school. Mm. You know, and he's really came a long way. You know, now he's a big dog at Renteria. So it's cool to see the different paths. Sure. Know that you can take mm. to yeah, get I think, to wine. I think yeah. he'd be a great uh, guest on this podcast. Yeah. And I mean, he grew weed for a really long time, so it's just even cool right, to like hear right. his background yeah. on that. You know. Oh, yeah. and mm. oh, I'd love to ask him about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty about wine, and she's like nobody knew they wanted to. This was their first choice. It's like mm-hmm. you, you tried, you failed, and you realize 
wine gives me happiness it brings me joy yeah i'd rather stay here yeah so so i mean those are ones like i can think of off perfect the top of my no that's, head, a, that's a great list <laughs> <laughs> that I can no that's a great list i mean we thought about uh talia and courtney but i'd also yeah. love to talk to your brother because also i mean i've worked as a vid tech uh, probably not as long as he has, but just I know some of the things I could yeah. talk to him about and ask him like how it's like in there because we haven't had that perspective yet on the podcast. Yeah, so. I mean, just yeah. my brief viticulturalist internship, but that was small. It's nothing. And he's never even been in a cellar. So he lo- like oh, literally beautiful. knows nothing about wine. He Interesting. only knows growing. I'd say we need that on here. And mm-hmm. he's done it year round. So he's done it in the off season and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So... He's he's definitely a cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Gotta bring him. <laughs> Plus, I've hung out with him. He's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, like he's not bad to smoke a joint with. You know? yeah. oh, we'll we'll he's gonna bring that goat's milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring, the, bring the goat's milk. <laughs> I love he's it. gonna bring his big ass bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'll bring the four footer for sure. Yeah. For, sure, for sure. Hell yeah. Um. Well, I think that um, I guess we can conclude there. Thank you all for listening to this podcast here at Ripe with Wisdom. Um, oh, can you tell us where we can follow you? Any social media you might have that anyone might be interested yeah. in following your yeah. journey on this uh, winemaking career and making the best Pinot in the world? Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, I have like the worst last name in the world. It's really hard to spell. Um, but my name is Savannah, like the city, two N's and an H. And my last name is Pruce. P-R-E-U-S-S. It's like Seuss. A Bruce. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Hit me up on LinkedIn. You know, I have my thesis on there if you want to read all, like, 30 pages of it on oh, yeah. Native Yeast. Um, and I have dabbled in the world of, like, wine and brewing TikTok. Um, and it's Corkage Cowgirl because I never buy wine in a restaurant. <laughs> I Thank always you. bring my own really, really good wine. Thank you. I believe in a $20 Corkage fee. Absolutely, Always. I'm right there with you. I'll be the first to be that pay that twenty five. I will be that person. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you guys have a corkage fee? Yeah, I, I call ahead. <laughs> I call ahead and make sure that restaurant has the corkage fee. I'm showing up. <laughs> I stay strapped, <laughs> and I'm telling the host right away. Put this on ice. Yeah. Hey, the marble one, if you've got it. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Thank you. Is that at Savannah Pruce? Yes. Uh, on Instagram? Yes. Yeah, one, one word. Okay. Have some fun, mm-hmm. like little highlights of making wine and oh, yeah. fun bottles I drink and, and all that stuff with yeah. Harvest coming up. Miguel's, you know, hit me up with some comments on some pictures. I, I think I have some pretty funny seller pictures mm. throughout <laughs> my Instagram feed. So, nice. hell yeah. Yeah. They're there. And uh, yeah, so that'll conclude today's podcast. Thank you all for listening and having a drink with us here at Ripe with Wisdom. It has been a pleasure having you all here to listen to us. And you can follow us on all of our social medias. That's at Ripe with Wisdom, email.com for your emails, uh, at Ripe with Wisdom on Instagram, mm. and Ripe with Wisdom anywhere you can find your podcast. That's Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, it should be on iPodcast. I'm not sure, but you know what? It's everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Thank you all for enjoying a great time with us. And See drink you. some better wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some clone 667, please. Yeah. Also grow your six plants. Yeah. <laughs> for all my other uh, 420 listeners, get your six plants. <laughs>
Get you some sissy goat's milk next time you're at the clinic. 37%. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Take care. Thank you.